On the block, on demand. Without Jerry McEnroe, we wouldn't have won 10 games this year. Okay? Not 10. DeVito, pop pass, end zone, touchdown, and the ball game. DeVito, in relief, wins it for the Orange. They don't know about the Kumbaya meetings we had this week. Swing into this. It is over. The Boston Red Sox, baseball's best all season long. They have won it all. The Bills make me want to Josh Allen, touchdown Buffalo. A 14-yard quarterback draw. Somebody in Vegas told them they were going to win my 20. And a celebration begins. This is on the block. Right, you know, there's validity in that opinion. Here on ESPN Radio 97.7, ESPN Radio, Utica Road, heard on 96.5 FM, heard wherever you are, wherever you are doing. Via the ESPN app, today actually a great day for that, it's only 25 degrees, but put on an extra layer, get out there in that sunshine, kind of sunshine, now partly cloudy here Downtown Syracuse at the Galaxy Media Empire. Uh, my official in-studio weather report here says thin clouds and 25 degrees, but the nice sunny day. Summit enjoyed her walk today, that's for sure. Hope you got out there and enjoyed it as well. You can do that via the ESPN app and keep up with our great shows. Listen to our podcasts as well if you miss any shows, and if you do that, how dare you. But we do know, like, occasionally once, you know, a decade or so, you might miss one of our shows. It happens. Things happen. But that's where the podcast is for. Subscribe at ESPN Syracuse and iTunes. Those are all great ways to experience the show through your ears. If you'd like the full encompassing experience of the program to tickle all the senses. Oh, yeah. That's hot. Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk is where you go. Hello, Twitch friends. Great to see you as always. And at Twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk, you can watch the show. You can chat throughout the show. Opine as much as you'd like. I mean, pace yourself. Okay, don't be like Tom Brady at the at the parade today. Oh, mama. Anybody see uh, footage of that? See what happens when you drink one beer a year, Tom? Tom was uh, he's a little saucy, a little saucy. Tom uh, needed to be uh, assisted to his car. There's uh, a video, as the kids say, that has now gone viral. Of So they had a boat parade today to celebrate the Super Bowl in Tampa and Tom's throwing the Lombardi trophy to other boats. And there's a video, I just retweeted it, of Tom being, we've all been there. We've had that buddy that's had a few too many, right? The guy is drunk. you got to have to help him to the car. But usually when we help our buddies to the car, uh, the paparazzi's not there to document it. So, Tommy, enjoy yourself. You're a seven-time Super Bowl champion, but pace yourself, too. Same thing in the Twitch chat. Pace yourself. Don't get Tom Brady drunk in there. And during a radio breaks, our friends on Twitch get their own show because the mics stay on. We have one guest uh, joining us today. Looking forward to getting this gentleman's perspective on something that is amazing right now in college basketball. And you can pare it down to the ACC, but I'm sure our friend David Glenn from the David Glenn Show, The Athletic, 
accsports.com will have a great perspective on why it is that the top 13 all-time winningest programs in college basketball. Go down the list. Mike Waters wrote about this a bit today. There was a great graphic going around social media the other day that just basically stated that. Here are the top 13 winningest programs, the Blue Bloods, the best of the best. Not one of them is ranked right now. Several of them are under 500 right now. Like, what is happening in college basketball? As today, they put out the schedule for March Madness. It's going to be slightly different this year. The tournament will start on a Friday. There's going to be regionals on a Monday and a Tuesday. They kind of had to shift that around a little bit. But, look, it's the tournament. Just tell me when to play hooky, and I'll play hooky. Now, we work in sports, so we get to do that. But just tell us when. (coughs) Now, you got to be careful about the old starting to come down with something routine. We're in a pandemic, right? But we'll give you plenty of time to come up with reasons. I got to go get tested again, whatever the case may be, right? Because we've got college basketball. We've got March Madness on the schedule. Will Syracuse be a part of that? Well, their win last night was a big step towards that, as we will discuss. But David Glenn will join us to really break it down for us about Duke and why they're down and the ACC and sort through this whole thing. And maybe he can uh, answer the question of why college basketball is so darn weird. And, and if you can stand out as weird in these times, you're really doing something, right? <laughs> Been a weird year. don't know if you've noticed that. So we will uh, discuss that. A few other things and hot takes that, that we shall get into, where Syracuse stands in a big national ranking in both football and basketball. We will discuss that. The blind side, as usual, uh, Governor Cuomo putting out some news today that large venues in the state of New York that seat more than 10,000 people can host once again Da-da-da-da-da-da, sporting events. Oh, yeah, it's happening starting on February 23rd. That does include the Carrier Dome. John Wildhack was on with us last week, kind of laid out what the initial plan was when he got the green light from the state to do it. So we'll revisit that a little bit and how you feel about that as a sports fan. The Buffalo Bills were the guinea pig for this. Testing ahead of time, contact tracing, limited capacity, went off. Basically, without a hitch, contact tracing that followed showed that there was no transmission. Nobody was positive at these games. It shows you there's a way. It took a while to get there. It took time and patience and effort to get there. Nobody quite knows when we kind of flip the switch and say, can we do this again? You got to find a way. You got to find a way safely. And maybe this is the way, not from the Mandalorian. That's a whole different this is the way. Maybe this is the way. Sports can go forward. So big news there. We will discuss that as well. But, of course, we start with Syracuse and NC State. And, look, what was Uncle Brent saying on the show yesterday? What you wanted to see, what I wanted to see, what I think the team itself wanted to see was that kind of effort. Now, there's a big difference between effort and efficiency, right? You can play hard but not play well. I'm going to play the clip from Jim Beheim here shortly. It came up in the press conference last night. I think it kind of got lost in translation. I don't I don't want to speak for Mark Larson, our friend from Boy, what are they calling that thing over there now? I, I lose track. Spectrum. That's what it is now. There you go. Lion N, then it's News 10 now, then it's it's Spectrum now. Spin the wheel, Spectrum. Okay. I don't think anybody was questioning the effort of this team. But there was something missing from this team when they 
play teams like Clemson and got beat up, when they play teams like Virginia, those top teams, even against Miami in that first half, even in the first half of the NC State game, the second half of the Pitt game, there was just something missing. What we saw last night is what this team is fully capable of. What we saw last night was a team that crashed the boards. That And Jim Beheim has said this all along. You guys are talking about the guards and you're talking about this. It's all about the rebounding right here. Not that we didn't notice because Syracuse was undefeated when they out-rebounded teams. And they were 1-6 when they were out-rebounded. Now, the interesting note there was the one team they beat being out-rebounded was NC State. Why? Because the gap was only two. But in the other six losses in that category, you got rebounded by 15. You're not going to beat anybody if you're going to be out-rebounded by 15. So this was a team. You know, Billy Joel once sang... Darling, I don't know why I go to extremes. And what I said on this show last night, what Eric Devendorf and I discussed on pregame last night was, you can't go to the extremes they were going to. Flip the switch and go to extremes with effort. Flip the switch and go to extremes with how you rebound, attacking the paint. Hey, Manny Bates, great shot blocker, go after him. Right? DJ Funderburg back in there, bring it on, big boy. What The word that was missing, that Syracuse put out there in full display was attitude. They played with an attitude. They played with a swagger. They flexed last night. They said, let's go. They needed to get a road win. They got it. Because their one road win in, in the league before that was Boston College, which not going to do you much. And Boston College is, happens to be Syracuse's next game on Saturday. They're in the basement of the ACC. Last game, they only had six scholarship players available to him. Jim Christians, uh, he's having a rough time at BC. So that game, unfortunately, is not going to do much for you. It's not even one of those, hey, night in, night out, the ACC. No, it's not even that. But it is an opportunity for Syracuse to build on the momentum that they picked up last night. It is an opportunity. It's their one home game in a stretch of three or four on the road. you got to be careful not to peek too far ahead at Louisville, but It's all centering on that Louisville game, which is a week from today. Now, Louisville is in their own COVID pause right now, so we'll see what kind of team they have when they meet up a week from now with Syracuse. They've missed a few games, and timing is everything in life, right? You'll do COVID pauses in December and January, give you time to get into your rhythm, which Syracuse is getting into, we think, we hope, from last night. But I think that's what fans have been asking for. That's what they want to see. So you go through it. They were much better on the boards. 22 to 12 in the second half. They cut the extremes out. It was just a wire-to-wire consistent performance. They were up by one at halftime. This was not one of those NC State scores 47 points. you got to dig yourself out of a hole, which, again, they did in that first matchup. They held NC State to 26 points in that half, shut them down from the three-point line, did what they had to do. Alan Griffin, what Devo was asking for on this show last night, who's the guy? Okay, we're seven games left here, and we still quite haven't figured out who is the man. Who's the Elijah Hughes of this team? Who's the Tyus Battle of this team? Who's the guy you know is getting the darn ball? Not only when it matters, but getting it the most and the guy you trust the most to score, to make an impact, to lead the way. Alan Griffin raised his hand last night and said, I'm that guy. 
As he noted after the game, Jim Beheim had challenged him a little bit, particularly on the defensive end. He has his best defensive game of the year. He's shooting from the outside. Contested threes, by the way. Contested shots. He's making them. He's driving inside. That mid-range jumper, when he's on either side of the foul line, I'm not kidding you when I say I don't think he's missed that shot. And if he's missed, it's probably less than a handful. That confidence was huge for Syracuse. Going into that game last night, they had hit in three of their last four games five or less three-pointers. We know this is a team that's built to hit the three, and when they don't hit the three, they have problems because their inside scoring, while it's efficient, while the numbers are there, you need balance, right? You need balance. You need the inside-out performance to really be effective. They hit nine threes. Buddy Bayheim got open. Buddy Bayheim saw Braxton Beverly, six inches smaller than him, so you want to guard me? He played with attitude. He backed into that paint, which he's been doing. We're seeing more of that play where Buddy just kind of charges in there, sticks his butt out there, and tries to get that turnaround jumper. Well, it worked last night. When the matchup is there, do that. Kadari Richmond, look, if I got a toothache before the game, do you think I'm playing? No, I'm over there in the corner with my blanket and my Tylenol saying, where's mommy? I've had an impacted tooth. Not pretty. (laughs) How many of you listening right now have been to the dentist in some way, shape, or form? Yeah, all of us, right? It's not a place you look forward to going to most of the time. Love my dentist. Great dude. Just not somewhere I look forward to going to. So here's Kadari Richmond, and you got that pit in your stomach, right? Devo and I are on pregame last night. There's the tweet about 15 minutes before tip time. Barama Sidibe questionable. Oh, okay. That's That stinks, but not unexpected given what he's been going through. Wait, what? That says Kadari Richmond to illness, non-COVID, questionable. But he's there. And boy, was he there. He turned the game around. That sequence at the end of the first half, towards the end of the first half, anticipates the play, comes right off the bench, back-to-back possessions where he steals, drives to the hoop, a couple of free throws mixed in there as well. Instant impact. Now, we're going to get into this. I think Jim was talking about me last night. I'm fairly sure. I think Jim doesn't realize how much we agree on this. He thinks I'm trying to stir up trouble. He thinks I'm trying to start controversy. He thinks I'm just trying to be whatever, when actually we're more in line on this than I I think he thinks, but we'll go through that. All three guards are going to play. We know that, you know that, everybody knows that. How it balances out, where the matchups are, who's got the hot hand, who's best on defense, what the right mixture is, is the question. That's what sports fans do. They look at it and they have opinions. And if we don't have that, then I don't want to watch sports anymore because it'd be really boring if we didn't. Last night it worked out beautifully. Buddy was on, hitting his shots, getting open, and that's what Buddy's out there to do. Now, Joe didn't have his best night, but he had five rebounds. In the previous game, the three guards combined for a single rebound. Joe alone had five last night. So, yeah, if he's not white hot from the three-point line, if he wasn't able to penetrate and score as much as he did in the second half of the Clemson game, he was rebounding. He was contributing. 
And once again, when it mattered, you don't talk about who starts and who, no, when it, who's on the court when it matters? It was Kadari once again. Threw a toothache, by the way, in pain. Jim Beheim describing him as in agony. Couldn't even practice on Monday. He's out there doing that last night. Kadari couldn't practice yesterday. He had a severely impacted tooth, and uh, he's going to have it out tomorrow morning at 740. But he took some medications. He was in agony yesterday. But, you know, he, he felt he could play. And, and fortunately, he made some big plays in the first half. Huge and, plays. And look at the box score. It does not justify the energy he brought to that game, how he turned that game around, was the second most important player on the floor last night next to Alan Griffin. And that's not to take credit from anybody else. Marek was great again. We mentioned Buddy was great again. Quincy had a terrific second half after three points and a, a rebound. Syracuse was huge on the offensive boards, and Quincy was the biggest part of that. So you walk away from that game and you say, that's the team we know they can be. And if timing's everything in life, if they're finding themselves now and they, they've got that banked in their head now, that is so important. We can go on the road and we can play like this. It's not that they didn't know what the formula was, but knowing the plan and executing the plan are two different things, as they once said on the A-team. I love it when a plan comes together. Well, the plan has not always come together for Syracuse. It did last night. And by the way, you say, well, who'd you do it against? Look, NC State is a legit team. I know what their record says. I know they're not going to make the tournament. But we saw what happened in that first matchup. Beverly can shoot. Helms has been great. Thunderbird has been a presence in the paint. Manny Bates is terrific. And by the way, they combined Bates and Thunderbird to go 20-10. and 10. But Syracuse took it away from them by, in a way, going to extremes. Not in a bad way, in a good way. We're going to out-rebound you. We're going to get second chances. We're going to come after you. Oh, by the way, we're going to force you into 20 turnovers, which they converted into 21 points. Checked every box you got to check. Six games to go. There's our friend Joe Lenardi. Here we go again. Has them first four out. Their destiny is in their hands. Their destiny is squarely in their hands. Now, they've got to get some quad one wins. They've got an impressive record in quad two. The schedule in terms of what the metrics of the opponents are that you face, look, it comes down to Louisville and North Carolina. I don't know what the metrics are going to be for Duke when they play them. You hope that Duke is overrated when Syracuse plays them so you can grab a nice uh, quality win in that sense. But it really comes down to Louisville and Carolina. Notre Dame, Boston College, I'm going out of order here, but Boston College, Notre Dame, Georgia Tech, they're not huge resume boosters, but they're games like last night. Just go out there and and play like you can play. And it's so easy for me to say, right? Just go play like you can play. Come on. We know the difference between the plan and executing the plan. But what we saw last night was a different team in terms of attitude, which is half the battle, which we had not seen in a number of games recently. But they clicked. They found it. They've got it banked in their head. They know they can get back to it. Doesn't mean they can always execute it, but at least, look, that's half the battle. Half the battle is knowing you can do it. And two last night, it showed in some other games, don't get me wrong, but it was important to do it in that game, in that spot, on the road. 
I said this last week. For all the things of what a fan say, what a columnist say, they don't know what they're talking about. One thing I have said consistently on this show is this team can get better. And I wouldn't say that if I didn't mean it. If I just said they are what they are and this is what they've got to ride to the tournament, I would say that. I think they can get better. Now, part of that opinion was if Barama could give you something. Now that's not looking like the case. So what adjustment, what pivot do you have to make? And welcome to 2021 where the whole world's doing that. So let's get into that a little bit more, listening to what Jim Beheim said, including what I think he was talking about me. I mean, I don't want to be presumptuous here, but I'm pretty sure he was talking about me. I'll respond to that. We'll have Jim on tomorrow. I'm sure he'll have more to say then, which is great. That's why we have him on. So much more, including your thoughts as we go forward. At 437-7644, Brent Axe Media on Twitter, and of course on the Twitch chat, twitch.tv slash Talk. Let's get an update on the market before we take a break. Our friend Lee Baldwin is back to do that on this hump day. Hello, Lee. Hello, Brent. Road win in the ACC is good, right? Always take those, baby. Like a good yep. stock tip, you always take those. <laughs> Well, stocks, uh, no tips today. They were mixed across the board, so we were up and down. Our diamond goes to ride-sharing service Lyft. They rose over 4% to a one-year high after beating revenue. So, And speaking of cars, I'm going with GM as our dog. They were down 2%, uh, although they do have an uh, electric truck coming out by the end of this year. But there's a chip shortage, Brent, and that could affect them by $2 billion. So the that's what I got. The tables have been turned. Norway says take that. To, to GM. They win the day, but we will win the war. Norway. Thank you, sir. Good to hear from you. That's Lee Baldwin, ladies and gentlemen. You can find him, of course, at Lee Baldwin and Company at LeeBaldwin.com. Stop in. Have a Zoom session, whatever you're comfortable with, so you have all the diamonds and none of the dogs on your portfolio. We'll break on that note and come back. You're on the block, ESPN Radio and twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. This is On the Block with Brent Axe. Eighties bump coming through right there. Gotta love it. Welcome back. Great to have you here. Around the block, ESPN Radio, twitch.tv slash Q Sports Talk. David Glenn coming up, top of the hour. Try and sort through the ACC college basketball right now. Good gracious, it's a mess. It's interesting. Other ways, don't get me wrong. Could be as wide open a tournament as we have seen until, you know, Gonzaga and Baylor play in the national championship game, but never assume anything in sports, friends, especially in in 2021. Man, college basketball is weird, and the ACC is certainly a part of that. So David Glenn will join us top of the hour. I'm specifically uh, wondering about Duke because, look, just because you get five-star recruits, best of the best, the one-and-done kind of era we're in doesn't mean you're going to be final four every year, but to see Duke and Kentucky and Kansas and these blue bloods that get that pipeline of talent year in and year out, be under 500, be down much as they are. That's, that's a head scratcher. Just goes to show you even the best of the best. Okay. A little perspective, Syracuse fans that think, uh, you know, that the ceilings caving in, even the best of the best have these down years. And Syracuse has not had that. They've not had a losing season. Duke is having a losing season. Kentucky is having a losing season. So 
even the best of the best can can fall somewhere that Syracuse hasn't even fallen. Now, long-term trends, right? Duke, Kentucky, Kansas, some of these other programs, they're not going to be nervous on Selection Sunday for the fifth time in six years. There are legitimate long-term macro zoom-out trends that you're like, eh, that's that's not what Blue Bloods do. So depends on how you phrase the question, right? We just passed 444. If you've been hurt in a car, it's time to call William Matar at 444-4444. We'll do a couple of hot takes after we hear from the man himself, Pat in Syracuse on the block. Hello, Pat. Hey, Brent, you, you said it best. It's sports. It's supposed to be fun, and, and that's and that's what stinks. SU basketball is supposed to be fun, and, and I'll, I'll be honest with you, it's not fun because Jim doesn't make it fun. And even when we land a, a stud in, in, in Kadari, he, he finds a way to make it not fun. There is controversy. Kadari Richmond is the most exciting player in, in as long as I can remember. He's so exciting. And then we see two veterans who, when they're in the lineup, often struggle to the point where you can have, like, the bottom feeders of the conference role players dominate them. Joe Girard was struggling against Mac players, against mid, mid-level players. Now, and then he talks about the COVID thing, and that actually was a get-out-of-jail-free card. It was like, oh, okay, this kind of makes sense. Joe and Buddy were struggling for COVID. Doesn't really explain why he was playing them a million minutes, but at least it makes sense, and we thought there was going to be some kind of I, – I thought it was going to calm down. But look, the, 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 more, the more you look at – just look at Buddy Bayheim, okay? Whether he has a great game or a bad game, he's on the floor. That's the only problem. Like, when Kadari struggles, he takes him out. When Joe struggles, he takes him out. When Buddy struggles, I can't stand it when people say there's no one else to play that position. That's, that's, that's just not true, okay? And your column was great. Jim, look, Jim should have the same passion and fire coaching his team that, than he does with the refs and the fans and, 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 and the bloggers and the columnists and on the post game. He was rude to Anthony Badundo. He asked a very legitimate question. That was a legitimate follow-up question. And Jim was rude. Like, like he's just so rude. I just, like, I just want to say, Brent, I know you've done this for a million years. You and me both have both said to hundreds of people in Syracuse and defended the zone. We don't need to switch our defense. We can switch the zone and make it work. Like, so it's kind of funny that literally, like, when, when things do make sense, um, you know, it's sports. We're going to agree and disagree sometimes, but but that's not the point. The point is he has blown this season with his decisions, in my opinion, and it's my opinion. And am I wrong? Who knows? If you ask my wife, she'll probably tell you I'm wrong a hundred times. So what? <laughs> it's, it's sports. Like my that's opinion it. is that's my it. opinion is my opinion is this: if Jesse's in the game more, he makes everybody else better, no matter how good or bad Jesse is. He's going to make everybody else work. But you know what it's going to do when you have a center in the game? It's, it's going to decide who's going to sit. It's going to either have to be Griffin or Buddy. That's why, it's, in my opinion, that's why he's not doing it. He doesn't like to experiment. I would love to see Quincy on, this, on the wing getting rebounds and Merrick on the other side. I would love to see it. We will never see it. And I would love to see Griffin at the top of the zone with Kadari learning how to run a fast break. You want to know why it's been not, not fun, Brad? I'll leave you on this. Watch Buddy Bayheim and Joe Girard run, run, run a fast break. That's not fun. Okay? So, you know what, Jim? Bring it on. The analytics are all there. All the stats show Buddy Bayheim in, in the history of Syracuse basketball per minute is the least effective starter in the history of the program. That's all I got. There's Pat and Syracuse bringing it as always. Now, I'll say a few things in response to that. Last night was fun. Last night was the team we've been looking for. Last night, 
to use Buddy specifically, he helped that team more than he hurt that team. Pat is citing some analytics, some long-term trends, some things that I think there's some legit conversation there. They're all going to play. I know it, you know it, we all know it, right? How that balances out, how that goes. Pat and I do disagree on who sh- you know who, who else can play the two and putting Griffin there, and you know, now I think you're getting funky and you're getting away from what your base and, and what your core should be, and certainly you're not going to do that last night. But I'll also say this. I, I would never try to break down the psychology of it. I mean, I've covered Jim Beheim, talked to Jim Beheim enough. I mean, I have my theories on it. If he's rude to some reporters at press conferences, I mean, whatever. I'm, I'm, I'm almost numb to it at this point. Even if they are legitimate questions, that's just kind of, that's his competitive streak coming through. But let me again say this unequivocally. Jim Beheim has forgotten more basketball than I will ever know. I don't think I know more than the coach. I would never say that, right? But I think he thinks that. So when I write a column or say something on the radio or Pat says something on the radio, that directly gets translated as, I know more than you, the Hall of Fame head coach. And again, I don't want to be presumptuous there. But I think he perceives that sometimes, particularly in post-game press conferences when his competitive juices are flowing and people are, they're not questioning his coaching we want to know why you did what you did as the coach. Therefore, we want your perspective on it. But it, just because we don't kiss the ring and say, "Almighty oh, emperor of basketball, why did you do this? Sometimes it gets contentious and snarky. And again, I like that Jim is honest. I like that he shoots from the hip. But we're just not always going to agree with it. I'll tell you something Jim would like is this email that I got today. Because some fans feel this way. Carolyn sent me an email from her iPad. I always like that at the bottom of the email. Sent from my iPad. It says, Brent, I've watched an awful lot of Syracuse basketball over a 69-year span. Jim Beheim has had a lot more experience over the span of his coaching years than any of the fans or the media, so let's knock off the criticism and let the coach coach. But again, it's not criticism per se. It's an opinion. It's sports. Here's what I think they should do. Here's what I see. What's wrong with that? Now, I have to be responsible in the format that I'm in to be as informed as I possibly can be on this radio show, in a column, whatever the case may be. But I will fully say it, and I will admit it. I don't know as much as the coach, nor would I pretend to. But Jim has expressed his opinion about things that he's not an expert on in forums. Do I call him out for that? He's expressed opinions about things that I know I I am more educated on than he is. Do I call him out on that? No. But that's just life. Everybody's an expert on something. So how much fun is how much you make it? Pat is a super fan. He is passionate to the core. Some I've always said it, you know, a little perspective. Love your life, like your sports, and this is somebody who works in sports. So it's all the perspective you put it in. But I think we can have some respectful disagreements here. Jim's competitive. He's a competitive guy. It's a long season. You know, Michael Jordan was the same way. Michael Jordan, and again, I would never speak for Jim here, but Michael Jordan would just make up. The last dance taught us that he would just make up these slights. He was so good at what he did that he would take something that was not even said about players. And that's what would motivate him that day. Oh, you think that about me, huh? Okay, game on, right? That's just my psychoanalysis of it, but 
The other thing I love about Jim is you think the guy that you've I've interviewed probably more than anybody who's been here as long as he has would be the most predictable person to talk to once a week on the show and, and just in general. That is far from the case. And that's a credit to him, right? Because you just you never know what direction the wind's blowing. He's always he's sharp. He's got a lot on his mind and never ever assume anything. That's what I appreciate about him. That's what I'm going to miss about him when he's gone in like the year 2078. See a little humor, a little fun. Come on, let's lighten the mood a little bit. We'll come back and David Glenn's going to join us in a few minutes. Stay right there. Thank you. Bye bye.